Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think I think it's I think it's highly a highly recommendable film because it appeals to that kind of morbid fascination people have with like true crime and mm. it's very easy to sort of sell it as like this is a thriller and like you know it it's as I said before it like feels like such a movie that you can really get into for this genre it is is really really good because a lot of these kind of what do you call it abduction thrillers. What else are you putting in this in this category? Well, I, I was, I was going to say Zodiac. Yeah. Like I kind of feel like this is a David Fincher yeah, film it's... almost. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. I'm joined by Helen. Steph. Hi. And Caitlin. Hello. And we're going to be talking about prisoners. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at Flix Watcher. Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us today we have Steph and Caitlin. If you would like to say hello and tell our listeners about the work that you do, please. Yeah, sure. So I'm Steph. Um, I normally work on Random Acts, Channel 4, Short Film Strand Mm -hmm. uh, in the day. And then by night, I'm part (laughs) of the Bechdel Test Fest. um, And we're a collective putting on screenings around London uh, that champion female-led films. Um, So that could be female directors or a film that has a female actor in the lead role or anything like that. So what what films have you had through recently? Uh, What have we done recently? We uh, did A League of Their Own. Yeah. Uh, Penny Marshall. That's one I really wanted to get yeah, down to. I was, yeah. I was so good. So was it before or after she died? It was after. It was, it was after, kind of yeah. a commemorative yeah. event. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I went to watch I went to watch Big the Musical, which isn't so good. <laughs> uh, that's another Penny Marshall joint, isn't it? I've heard bad things about that too. It's <laughs> a separate conversation. I was just so, such a big fan of the, mu- of the film. I just yeah. thought, yeah, let's do it. Because the Groundhog Day musical was awesome. Um, but that was by Tim Minchin, so he's got more leeway to do um, stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, but League of Their Own, is, what's that like on a big screen? It was great. We had such a fun screening. We did it at the Prince Charles, um, and it was just, yeah, the crowd loved it. It yeah. was like 
sold out you know like really 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 fun so we love doing stuff like that but then we work mm-hmm. with um kind of other film companies and you know so we did madeline's madeline with movie mm-hmm. um and yeah all that all that stuff's really great we get to sort of bring the directors down and the we have, have the, the Q&As. DOP, yeah for q and a's yeah. we have the dop there um and it's just great to hear women kind of talk about their craft in that way mm-hmm. well yeah i've still haven't been down to one but i'm hoping to get to the next one yes well, wow. yeah, the next one uh, in November is a screening of Whip It. Yes. Through Barrymore's directorial debut. I like the retro film, retro sports films that you, yes. you bring in. Yeah, we're big on <laughs> the sports. We've got to do like curling next or something. Some, yeah. like other obscure sport. But um, yeah, that's all about roller derby. Um, it's the 10th anniversary. Yep, it's yeah. 10 years old. Can you believe it? Are you allowed uh, to say if there's a special guest there or not? Oh, we're, um, that's a secret okay. <laughs> to all so, of us at the moment. Yeah. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's your motivation, guys, who's yeah. listening to, to get down there. There could oh. be, um, but there will be uh, some other things. There'll be some zines. What's uh, a zine? A zine, like a small booklet. Okay. Some, some artwork, <laughs> some, artworks, some writing. Yeah, just so there'll be that. And then just the general kind of, the chance to like watch this film on yeah. a big screen with a lot of people because it's, it's quite hard to find screenings of it and it's quite hard to find it mm. online as well. Um, so it just seemed like a really good chance to to kind of bring it out again. Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. Who are you? Uh, so I'm Caitlin. I uh, I my nine, I work at the 9 to 5 at the London Film School. Um, but, uh, you know, like Steph, I do stuff with the Bechdel Test Fest um, and I write and do podcasts um, for magazines like Little White Lies, um, Sight and Sound, just kind of all over the place, really, doing film stuff. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> pleasure to meet you. Yeah. yeah thanks, thanks for having for us. So we're talking today about Prisoners, which is your choice, Steph. Yep. <laughs> Apologies, everyone. No, well, we'll decide at the end <laughs> whether you need to apologise or not. Uh, can you tell us, um, first of all, why you chose it and give us a one minute synopsis? Yeah, well, I think why I chose it, I'm just a huge Denis Villeneuve fan. Um, and I've been trying to kind of watch more of his older stuff mm. um, when I get the chance. Um, and I think I was just on my own on a Sunday night. And I was like, what's on Netflix? Um, <laughs> found Prisoners and just thought that looks pretty up my street, pretty morbid, but I'll give it a go. Not realising that it's two and a half hours long. And then, yeah, by like yeah. midnight really? on Sunday, I was still there, <laughs> but in, just enthralled. And I couldn't stop thinking about it for weeks afterwards as well, because I just think it has such a... Um, just I think it's just so well put together and so kind of thrilling. Um, mm. But what is it about? It's about... Um, two families um and both of their six-year-old daughters go missing and it's up to detective loki who's played by jake gyllenhaal to find out where they went um and in that time hugh jackman's character who's one of the fathers decides that he's gonna just take matters into his own hands decides that he kind of knows best um and he kidnaps one of the suspects and is kind of trying to carry out his own investigation uh parallel to the police and yeah just horribly (laughs) horribly wrong (laughs) (laughs) helen what were your thoughts of prisoners had you seen it before i had seen prisoners um I think I saw it at the cinema. I must have done because I've only seen it once and I remember seeing it when it came out. Um, I had not remembered that it was two two hours and 33 minutes long. Um, it is quite long. And I couldn't remember that Jake Gyllenhaal's character was called Loki, which I kept finding a little bit distracting. Um, but, it, oh, this is a bleak film. Mm. I think I maybe had 
erased it from my mind how bleak it is. Um, that saying, it's 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 a really interesting film for this kind of film in its genre. Um, and there's, there's going to be so much that we talk about, but I think the, the main sort of things are that the way it looks and feels is quite unlike this kind of genre. There's it's a shot lot by more... Roger Deakins, which yeah. does surprise me actually, because it doesn't look like mm. Denise works with Roger a few times since, mm. but it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't look like a typically beautiful kind of shot. But it looks a lot of the shots are. I like how it kind of fades to black in some some of the places where mm. in other films they would continue with like. Um, like when he releases Paul Dano's character, you know, you know, he's released, but it kind of just fades to black at those kind of points. So I thought a lot of the shot choices were quite interesting, but it didn't feel to me like a Denis Villeneuve like epic yeah, shot. I don't know though, though the um, the the car journey to the to the um, hospital kind of had that kind of later came on to sort of the Blade Runner feel of, mm. of that, um, and I don't know, just the atmosphere that it creates, you know, with sort of the there's a camper van in it and sort of the the approaches to the camper van and kind of all the focus around that is just approached in a different way from what you'd probably normally find in this kind of thriller. And as most people say about it, the performances in it are pretty incredible from pretty much everyone who's in it. Caitlin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I would agree. I think the I think the cast is great. Um, I'd never seen the film before, so I watched it for the first time uh, the other night. And the the one thing that really reminded me of was the first season of True Detective. Mm. Um, not really so much visually, I guess, but I guess thematically and also with this kind of examination of, you know, like masculinity and, and like the police departments and how these things kind of all come together when it, you're telling stories about children and, you know, children going missing. Um, so that I found that really, really interesting because I remember loving that season of True Detective. Um, but yeah, it's it's so it is very very thrilling and it also just feels very complete as a film which I really like I think there's not very many films nowadays that that seem to feel like movies anymore I don't know there's this this really feels like a kind of like gritty um plot heavy mm. you know like strong movie I don't know I, I liked it for that that kind of reason I think this could have quite easily spun out into like a short um like anthology series yeah. or like a well, yeah like, like, not a song, but yeah short season yeah. short run season mm. six episodes um i thought this there's a lot of films i don't think i'm going to watch again <laughs> um but the, things like tyrannosaur which we've talked about before yeah um but with tyrannosaur he, there's a there's a sharp point where you go oh this is fucked up mm. but this from the start well maybe like 15 minutes in you're just like oh this is going to be a tough watch yeah. all, all the way through it's just like this is going to be fucking horrible um just even small things like paul denner's i think he's great in this yeah he's amazing but i think he's pretty amazing in everything yeah but he always he always kind of plays a slightly off kilter character doesn't he he always plays him differently mm. his character in like ruby sparks is completely different to his mm. character here is completely different to the character in no country for all men but like it was a bit like slightly kooky in a way, aren't mm. they? And I feel like he kind of loves getting beaten up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just think about like, um, uh, there will be blood. Mm. Oh, sorry, there, there will be blood is what I meant. Not, oh, yeah. not, uh, not, not, and 12 not. Years a Slave. Yeah. 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 Uh, I swear I watched another one recently where he gets beaten up as well, like dragged through the mud. In this, yeah, just dragged around yeah, by yeah. Jack Like Some of the shots where like they reveal kind of his face after yes. Hugh Jackman's oh. like giving him a real pulverizing and it's just like 
oh, it's like sickening. Yeah. Like it's genuinely just awful. <laughs> yeah. It's weird how like well cast I feel like he is because yeah. I feel like he's got one of those faces where- Punchable. Sorry. Punchable, yeah. <laughs> but um, he that's... looks like so innocent and you can't really tell how old he is. Yeah. It's really- That's one of those things that I always find intriguing with casting. It's like when you cast somebody because you know, you have to, they have to fit the role of like this psycho or like, you know, something. It's because they, like, people have this certain look and then you just mm. feel bad for them because it's like, you've been cast because <laughs> everyone thinks you look kind of crazy. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. It was when he was got put, when he was getting punched in the face by Hugh Jackman, but not saying anything, but he still had like, had like a slight grin on his face. Yeah. Also, because he was playing an innocent potential offender. Mm. That was, that was, that was quite tough. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think he, did, you know, the whole innocence of the character, knowing that you know he supposedly has like the IQ of a ten-year-old, and mm. you're just you're just watching like pure brutality. It's mm. it's pretty pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, what about the other guys? What it was kind of a stellar cast here, actually. It's a big cast, like Fiona yep. Davis. Yeah. yeah. Where, where was she at this point? Yeah. Who was that? Sorry. Melissa. Melissa. Yeah. Was that um, yeah. Paul Dana's mum? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Fiona Davis, Terence Howard. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Obviously, Jake, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it's a big, pretty filled that cast. Part. Yeah. I'm I mean, not sure what they were doing at the same time. This is 2013. So, Paul Dana yeah. was probably on the up at this point, or was he? Yeah, I, yeah, he I think been, this yeah. is probably one of the fir like, first things I remember kind of his name, like really getting buzz around yeah. and picking him out as a kind of star. But obviously, Jake Gyllenhaal and, and Hugh Jackman have just been kind of like you know, stalwarts in the industry for yeah. so long. And I think this film kind of proves why. And I was really taken with Jake Gyllenhaal in, mm. in this film, actually. Yeah. I think he's amazing in this. Yeah. I think this is one, this is a class, this is a great performance for him. I think mm. We've had Nightcrawler yeah, on We've before. had Nightcrawler and- Yeah, he's um, so good in that. The other well. one, the pig one. <laughs> oh, Okja. Oh, yeah, Okja. Oh, okay. uh, yes. <laughs> I so, he was in that. Yeah. 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 So we've already talked about him quite a bit. I mean, I could, talk about him all night i think he's brilliant you just want the source code so you see him again yeah oh, God. And again <laughs> but he's in this he's just one of those people who you just know that there's just something else going on but you, mm. you don't quite know what it is um from like his weird like blinking thing yeah that he does yeah. to his he just kind of looks like he might flip mm. quite a few times and, and kind of does and, and then does and he's just got that slightly unnervy thing about it so even when you're watching it you're not even quite sure whether he is like a good guy in mm. terms of like yeah. good things because the line between who is a good guy and who is a bad guy is so blurred throughout the entire film do yeah. you ever think he was going to go properly over the edge though do you ever think he was going to try and kill Paul Dano or his potential accomplice because in some some cop films, it almost seems like that's definitely going to happen. But you th I thought with Gyllenhaal, I always thought he was going to be just on the side of good in a way. It's really funny because uh, my kind of reading of that character is that the kind of the films. I don't, I don't know if this is like completely wrong anyway, but the film's kind of trying to suggest that he's obviously got some kind of past and his relationship to stories like this is maybe because something similar happened to him or, you know, he's lost a child in some way. Mm. To me, it's like he's very kind of emotionally distraught and sort of torn up inside by something that has happened. But someone said to me, you should, get, you know, chill out, get a wife kind of thing, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, or have yeah. kids. And there's one, there's one shot where you see his hands where he's got 
he's got a name, like a word. It's, I think it, I think it was the name Anne or something. Right. There's like a name tattooed across his knuckles mm. and his tattoos kind of hidden on his neck yeah. and the way he sort of wears his shirt really buttoned up and his hairs will slick back. And he kind of looks like an ex-gang member or something. Like he's got those mm. markings of like, you know, something's happened in his past. Um, and I just find that really fascinating about that character because there seems to be so many layers behind him. Yeah. But yeah, I never, I never really read him as like he's going to, flip and like do something dangerous I kind of felt like he was just like emotionally torn up by, by life I think as well because he's well when we first see him he's eating Thanksgiving dinner exactly yeah Chinese exactly yeah alone like on the side of the motorway yeah um and it kind of like all you ever see him doing is working this case you don't see him doing anything else yeah. and it feels quite like yeah he's his got job is his life else. And, yeah, yeah. He's only doing that and he like can't solve this case and I feel like the tension in that mm. character is is there quite a lot because there's a point where he goes to the priest's house mm. and he, he's happily jumping down a hole yeah. oh yeah yeah it was when he got down the hole then he got the torch out I was like dude yeah, the torch. Yeah, shine it. Just shine See it down how the far hole. Yeah, exactly. You literally have no idea where you're going. That's how how dedicated it was to the to the role. Um, with Hugh Jackman in this, I'm not sure we've seen Hugh Jackman in a in a punchy fighty role. Or where he's the kind of a villain. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, you've got X Men and stuff, Wolverine, yeah. but he's not like he's a comic book character. He's like, yeah. This this role was like quite hard for Hugh Jackman because he was he was a guy punching up, a, 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 you know a slow-witted adult mm. happily. I know obviously they've lost their children and but it still seemed like a hard thing to He go, take. goes from being concerned father to nearly killing someone yeah. quite quickly. Yeah. I think it's interesting that I mean that he is so recognizable as Wolverine in X-Men <laughs> and that kind of figure of like masculinity and mm. punching people in the name of justice yeah. and then he like he's in this and he's still kind of the same build. He hasn't really changed a lot but he's punching people not really in the name <laughs> of justice and that kind of slip over of he thinks he's doing the right thing yeah. to like when they start thinking like doubting that Paul Dana's character is actually responsible and he's still doing it yeah, still goes, going for he it. takes up a notch he goes to 11 yeah yes. yeah literally <gasps> the shower goes up to 11 yes yes, yes. Oh, when it when he actually <laughs> is like I've got to come and show you something and it's like that shower box yes like no is what are you doing horrific like, oh but it is really interesting because I think, yeah, this is a film about kind of that sort of masculinity that these men are driven to sort of extremes in their lives. Like Jake Gyllenhaal can't do anything except work and mm. throw himself into this case. And, you know, yeah, that maybe there's something going on there for him personally. And Hugh Jackman is completely obviously torn up by the fact that his daughter's missing mm. um, and like just can't do anything but fight for that and it and it's kind of obviously taken to a horrendous horrific extreme but ultimately it's you know born out of some the, in both cases it's kind of born out of love for something in a way like it's I think it's really interesting and like very nuanced throughout so let's talk about the guy who is arrested so the second guy oh, a potential yeah. accomplice guy that was a bit of a he was an odd character as well. I think they, I don't That's know who- That's what I mean about the guys that get cast because they look yeah. creepy because, oh my God, he, that actor yeah. <laughs> was just oh, very creepy. Yeah, I know the guy. He's also in the Dark Knight. Is he in a Dark Knight? Yeah, that's where you might have recognised him. Is he in Dark Knight? Yeah. Because yeah. mm. um, obviously he runs away from the kind of vigil and you're like, oh, he's mm. definitely creepy. Yeah. Then he answers the door to, to um, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Loki, and he's kind of like, oh no, you've got the wrong guy. Jake, leave him alone. But then he kind of just goes, 
just literally <laughs> everything in this film just yeah. the creepiest <laughs> guy and all the opening the boxes um and having all the snakes in there which was was that properly explained i, th- I think it's i think it is he's a copycat so he's he been, reads a book about yeah. the invisible man or something i think which was a something to do with a guy that gets away with a lot of a lot of, yeah crime like commits the perfect yeah. crime or something mm. so he's just trying to copy him and there's something about an obsession with snakes maybe yeah. that's that what but i think i think the thing about about him and about obviously paul dano's character is ultimately that they they're victims themselves of exactly what you know is that like they worry is happening to the child the children that've gone missing in the you know the premise of the film so it's it's about them kind of you know the the long lasting effects of abuse essentially like this this guy is has done nothing wrong yeah. but you know and in the same way as Paul Dano's character like you don't you don't see the full expression of it in the same way but it does seem like he's not really capable of communicating very well and he doesn't know how to deal with you know what Jake Gyllenhaal is asking of him and it's all very kind of like you know he's yeah, under Jindal. so much pressure I'm you gentlemen yes yeah yeah I was, but, just like, I was just like tell him tell him something help yeah. help yeah. yourself but I think even I like only clock this on the second watch, but because he's wearing glasses yeah. and he's like, oh, I can't see without my glasses. And then at the point where his eyes are so swollen up, he can't see. And then like somebody's holding up a picture to him being like, have you seen my daughter? He's like, he can't see. <laughs> How like, the hell is he supposed asking to him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, is, go on. Sorry, I was going to say, well, um, is that other guy also a vi- like victim in the same way? I'm pretty sure, is? I'm pretty sure they say... So when they when the sort of reveal happens and you know it's the aunt of what well, the, yeah. the fake aunt of Paul Dano, they they mention that I think his name's Bob Taylor. I think the character's called Bob yeah. Taylor. And there's a line where she says something like, "It's what we did to Bob Taylor," because there's a story about how somebody escaped. Mm. Um, and I think I think the link is that that child was Bob Taylor right. and has then had this kind of traumatic memory of being held captive, and that's mm. why he becomes obsessed with this Invisible Man book. Mm. And thinks that he has to reenact that trauma, which is why he kind of fakes the, like, you know, bloodies up children's clothing, but it's not actually from dead children. Well, he actually steals the... the, And it's all to do with the the maze is the necklace, isn't it, that he's wearing. So, like, the kind of the maze thing... I, I got that more the second time round. So it could have done with a bit more explaining or not been in that because it's a bit like okay so the maze was the necklace that was on the guy yeah. in the thing who's like the head of the thing he mm. was married to so it's I think the maze is kind of uh, yeah like a, a device that ties up a few loose oh it seems it's used to tie up a few loose ends even though that actually isn't creates, necessarily the most like clear it route creates through. more questions <laughs> it kind of creates and more, more like, questions oh, but I understand yeah. why it's there because mm. it kind of acts as the like mm. this is the you know the link between them all mm. um but but yeah, it's um, there's a lot there's a lot to it I think <laughs> plot yeah. wise. Um, but it but to me it, for me it works. I don't ever feel like it's muddy or like you know mm-hmm. kind of like overly overdone with the with that narrative. I think it, it all kind of works quite coherently in a way, yeah. um, which I I like about the sort of structure of it. Right, should we head to the scores, guys? Let's head over to the scores. Hello, I'm Sam Pei. And I'm Martin Zotzorstwick. And together we host a show called Song, song by song, song, where we deal with the music of Tom Waits. We've been going since uh, 2015. Every week we talk about a new track. Uh, we've made our way through 15 seasons so far of his music. And now we're going back to the early years. 
And if you haven't listened to Tom Waits before, it's not the growly stuff. It's not the stuff where he's hitting an automobile with a bone for percussion. <laughs> it's a nice, easy way into his music. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, you should check out our website, songbysongpodcast.com, or put Song by Song into your podcatcher of choice. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So welcome to the uh, FlexWatcher patented scoring system. <laughs> All of our scores are out of five and you may have decimal places. And we'll start with you, Steph, with the recommendability, please. Okay. Well, I would go five for recommendability because <laughs> I love this movie. Um, and I do think it's one that, yeah, even kind of watching it again, I, wanted, I want more people to see it just because I think it's just so interesting and like, I'm sorry to those people <laughs> if they have to watch it. But uh, <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I think for for a film that's not a new release, yeah. um, which I try and keep up on, it's like such a treat, I think, to go back into something that I haven't seen Simple. before and just be like, oh, where has this been? Like, I've really mm. missed. That's what you want from Netflix though, isn't it? Yeah. It's like the world's biggest blockbuster video. And yeah. just going there, and it's annoying when there isn't. It's like when you go to Blockbuster, and the film you want to get isn't there. You're like, fuck. But the, the picture case is, but yeah, yeah, the, the one behind cases. it is gone. It's like when you type in like Terminator, or you type in a film name, and it's not there. And it says, but films like this. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, that's because that's what I used to love. You had the Blockbuster near me, but then there was also like a smaller independent place, and that's where I went to because the people who worked there actually knew their films and would be able to say, <laughs> what about this, mate? Um, yeah, Caitlin. Uh, I would say yeah maybe like a f- maybe a four and a half or something it's a strong scores i think i think it's i think it's highly a highly recommendable film because it will appear i think it kind of appeals to that kind of morbid fascination people have with like true crime and mm. it's very easy to sort of sell it as like this is a thriller and like you know it it's as i said before it like feels like such a movie that you can really get into it's not like you're kind of trying to convince somebody of like <laughs> a slightly more niche um kind of film but but yeah, but I guess the, the sort of darkness to it might might put a few people off. But but yeah, Helen, uh, I'm going to go for saying the four and a half for this genre. It is is really really good because a lot of these kind of what do you call them, like abduction thrillers. What else are you putting in this in this category? Oh, I can't think. I wonder you what know else came kind up in, films. on the Netflix search when you. I was going to say Zodiac. Yeah. Like, I kind of feel like this Jake is a David Fincher yeah, film almost. Kind of really dark thrillers um, that often involve children and child abuse or people being locked away and secret underground like hidden things, <laughs> that kind of thing. Or things involving like dodgy priests. So it's like, almost like Girl with a Dragon Tattoo-ish in a way. Yes, mm, maybe sort of. But anyway, dark films I, I think it's one of the better ones in the way you know that it's the characters are played and it, it has that really une- uneasy moral ambiguity about mm. you know who who the heroes are um what lets it down is it is probably longer than it needs to be for me and it does sag there's a part in it where 
you're there all the way. And then for me, it was like, okay, so get to the bit <laughs> where we find out it's it's her. Or you know, there's, there's a bit in it where it just drops, which I think is a real shame because up until that point, I was watching it going, oh my God, this is really, really tense. And then it lost me a little bit, which is a shame, but and still. That, that's on a second rewatch, on a second watch. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I'm going to go for 3.5 here. Mm. Um because I find it hard to recommend to people, and I don't know why I found it so. I don't know why I found it so tough to watch because I, I like your girl with the dragon tattoo, and mm. I fucking loved the first season of True Detective. I could yeah, not stop yeah, watching it. Yeah, I think it. it's great. But for this, I was just like, I, I'm not sure. I, I can't really <laughs> deal with it for some reason. I couldn't really. For what the, the the Hugh Jackman smashing his face in element or the the. I don't know what. That's what I mean. That's why I find it hard to feel. It. Like I say, after the first fifteen minutes, once the kids mm. had gone. It just felt super uneasy for me, mm. um, but in, you know, start a true detective. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not a happy start. No, yeah. But I think this fact is two young girls have gone, and mm. it's that set it up as being a lot of maybe a lot of pressure on there. So for me, it was like really quite quite a tough watch, um, and that's going to lead into the repeat <laughs> as well, I think. Um, but before we get into that, what I mean, Denis Villeneuve. Um, I'm just going to pull up his IMDb, guys. If you're listening along, IMDb. Um, He's good. I think Arrival yeah. is yeah. amazing. I yeah. love Arrival so much. Yeah, we've, we've had Arrival on here. Yeah. Um, is that on Netflix? It, it, it was, was at least. At one point, uh, it was yeah. at one yeah. point. Mm. Um, um, I think this was his first English language yeah. film. Mm. Um, yeah, an enemy. Very confusing. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that one. Oh, Sicario. Oh, I was doing a Dune TV series. Interesting. And I mean... I have mixed feelings about Blade Runner. Yeah, I wasn't. I yeah. wasn't a fan of that. Of that then, Blade Runner. <laughs> maybe it's just maybe it's just all held up by Arrival uh, and I Sicario. Actually, I'd like to give Sicario another watch because that was the first one of his that I watched yeah. in the cinema and was just like, "Who is this man? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to watch more of his stuff." But um, yeah, I am excited for 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 June. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything. I've never watched the original. I think I think that could be. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah, because that's Lynch. That's David Lynch, isn't it? it? Yeah. Everyone says it's just a bit odd. It is a bit odd, but I mean, the source material to begin with isn't exactly normal. Have you read the book? (laughs) No. Okay. Um, Repeat viewing score, Steph. Um, Second time. I would say maybe a four. I don't know if I watch it many more times. Sure. Um, You feel you need to watch it again. Yeah, I think a second viewing is good just because there's little bits that you pick up on. Like there's, um, so the the car at the end that he's like under. Yeah. Um, watching it again, it's like, that's the first thing that Jake Gyllenhaal looks at when yeah. he like goes to that, um, goes to the house. And it's like, there's so many bits where it's like, ah, oh, it was right in front of you. It's yeah, right there. And yeah. there's bits and bobs that you can Because she said, do you want to buy it? It's for sale. Yeah. 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 So I think it's, Maybe not too many more watches because, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit quite heavy. a hard watch, but I think it's worth like another viewing. Um, Caitlin? Yeah, no, I think, I, I feel like if somebody said to me, oh, like, do you want to watch this movie? I wouldn't say no. Like I would happily watch it again. And I think that, well, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't happily watch it again, but I would watch it again <laughs> if, if presented with that kind of option. Um, because I do think there'd be lots more that I would pick up on. Um but I don't think I'd necessarily, maybe I would maybe wouldn't seek it out myself. So maybe I'll give it a three for repeat viewing. I think in some in some circumstances maybe I'd be like be up for it. But it, it's it's heavy. I think it's it's a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go down the middle with a two point five. Um, 
I probably would never have watched this again had it not been picked because it's not really... What was your kind of amorphous memory from it then? Because you said you couldn't remember what happened. It Was, just like a, was could, it like a, this is a tough watch kind of feeling? No, or? I can remember that it had Hugh Jackman in it and Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> but I also thought it had Christian Bale in it. And then I was like, no, he's not in that. So I don't know what I was thinking of that. <laughs> Maybe then, The Prestige. Because I think yeah. Hugh Jackman's quite yeah, similar yeah. in The Prestige. Yeah. In, which has he got a beard in The Prestige? Uh, no. Which no, he doesn't. But I think that's what he kind of reminds me of in this film a little bit. But. Oh, no. I've I've seen the Prestige millions of times, well not millions, but millions of times. But it, it was de- there's definitely a film similar that maybe Christian Bale was in around that same time, and I can remember the RV, and I can remember them going missing, and then it kind of all came <laughs> back once um, once he Miss Melissa Leo's character came in. I was like, oh yeah, oh there, yeah, on yeah. the thing. It's like, oh okay, that's great. Um, so had I not rewatched it, then I'd be like, did that happen? I can't really remember that. So it was good to obviously rewatch it for this, but I don't know whether I would have gone back. But then rewatching it for the second time, apart from the obvious bits I didn't remember, it was also a bit like, okay, that makes a little bit more sense now. So if you've probably seen it a while ago but can't really remember it and mm. were a bit like, mm, I'm not sure about it, then yeah, do do go back if a good amount of time's elapsed. But if you've you kind of feel as though you've got everything out of it, then I don't know why you'd watch it again. It's not <laughs> something you sit down and go, oh, yeah. fancy a bit of prisoners. Oh, I bet they people who are do that. Jauntily but... heading back to your flats. Yeah, yeah. you're going to watch it. Um, with So <laughs> you guys watched it the second time. Could you tell, were there any of the clues as to where the girls were apart? Because the car thing wasn't really a clue. It's just like, oh, you, now you know where it is. Yeah. Was there anything that they that Jake or Hugh kind of missed out on you thought that you think you, you picked up on the secondary watching? I don't think so. I don't think there's like clues that nope. are given to you. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it is that moment where um, Alex Paul Dana's character says they only cried when I left them. Yeah. And, and that for the bit is where you're like, well, hanging on. There's something, there is something here and mm. what is going on. And then when he takes the dog for a walk and he's holding yeah. That's fucking, yeah. And there's, there's so many things that like so that. Odd, and you're like, yeah. oh, what? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing I found oddly creepy was the Rob Taylor, the his, his I don't know, accomplice or friend or whatever yeah. relation they had together. But when, he was, when he'd been arrested and he was drawing the map, when he was drawing the maze... The way he was like holding the yeah. like, handcuffs, like having to draw. He was drawing it together and kind of like checking things and he, and he was doing it so shiftily. I just thought I'm, it just felt icky <laughs> like, looking at this guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what's your repeat? 2.5, 2.5. wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for a two. Uh, I think I'll watch it again um, after like seven years or so <laughs> um, to remind myself maybe once I've forgotten the main plot points. But I think it, I don't think I'll be watching it much. <laughs> um, small screen score. Steph. Yeah. Um, Do you see it at the cinema first? No. And I really would like to, especially for the sound design. Because mm. I think there's a lot of like sound elements and the score, like Johan Johansson. Who, Is it Yo-Yo? Yeah. Who's worked with on... Arrival. Sicario, Arrival. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that... This is not... Would you listen to this soundtrack in isolation? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's like little bits, yeah... Watching it kind of out of a TV is quite, and there's kind of a bit at the end where you kind of need to hear it to 
to really kind of get the full kind of force of the ending um and i think that suffers a little bit um from watching it on a small screen but if you've got loudspeakers then fine (laughs) um yeah so maybe like a like a three i think it would be nice to see it on a big screen but yeah I agree. I think a three, I think maybe on a rewatch, if if it was possible to see it on a big screen, because I this was my first time viewing it, so I I never saw it in the cinema. Mm. But I think, you know, going back to the, would you pick up on more details or, you know, having that, you know, giant in front of you, mm-hmm. it's it's often easier to spot things or to sort of look around the screen a bit more and see what you can find within the within the image. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, just on the TV, you're, you're not really kind of uh, yeah you're not able to be as sort of picky about what you're seeing and I agree about the sound as well especially that last scene I remember I was kind of straining to to hear and I was like I know what I should be hearing but yeah. I need it a little bit more um but but it wasn't a kind of a terrible viewing experience on a, on a tv so Helen I'm I'm pretty sure there's no way I would have seen it not on the cinema I'm pretty sure I went I don't know which cinema but I definitely remember seeing it um big and on the screen and yeah the the sound was a key thing um I mean I think it, it is fine on the tv it kind of has that weird kind of claustrophobic thing when you watch this type of film and you kind of bring it into your safe home so uh I think you go go for a four four I'm gonna go for a five here I mm-hmm. watched it uh I on my ipad on the virgin pedalina back to manchester <laughs> um but I did have my big comfy headphones on so it probably made a difference I d- Maybe I missed something with you guys. Uh, I was genuinely surprised when I said shot by Roger Deakins because nothing, mm. nothing to me stood out as a Roger Deakins esque uh, film. Even though he's, you know, he does Fargo, he did uh, Blade Runner twenty forty seven, he did <laughs> Skyfall. But all of those, there was like scenes where you're just like, whoa, that looks fucking brilliant. Sicario, mm. he did as well. Yeah, looked absolutely outstanding. I didn't think it had the kind of. I didn't think it looked outstanding in the way Roger Deakins does things. Um, so for me, I was quite happy watching it at home. Um, watch it on a small screen but I think maybe if you guys are struggling even I had the <laughs> headphones on and quite and quite loud and at the end there was like oh is that yeah <laughs> so I think the sound design maybe pulled me more mm. towards a higher small screen score yeah. than the, the for you guys engagement score so this is kind of how how engaged are you with it how much are you playing <laughs> are you around with your phone? your phone oh I think I was like a five for this like I'd I try not to pick my phone up during, like, when I'm watching stuff at home anyway, because mm. otherwise you're not watching it. Um, and for this, it's like phone <laughs> across the room, <laughs> yeah. like, because um, I just think the whole kind of you're caught up in the mystery and you're kind of trying to solve it at the same time. And then I thought there's so much going on with the relationships and characters. Um, I just think it's super engaging, even for a long film. Yeah, I I think I would give it a five as well. I actually had to pause my my viewing halfway through, um, and that was the only time that I became aware of how long it was. And I kind of paused it and thought, oh my god, there's still so much left. Mm. But in a way, I was kind of I I was sort of eager to to get back to it and and carry on watching um, because it didn't you know I, I didn't really notice the length. I was very much like drawn into the into the narrative and wanting to know what was going to happen next, and um, it kept me kind of. Yeah, it, it kept me sort of there for the for the whole thing. So um, yeah, I was totally engaged with the story. I really like it's it's not enjoyable, but you get you get so into it. It's, yeah, Helen. So you do have to be engaged in this because if not, then you, you're going to miss key moments. But I'm trying to think where it was, it lost me. I think it's when um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character tries to tail 
Hugh Jackman. And basically they end up sitting in the car having that conversation. Mm. <laughs> and then not that much happens after that for quite a while. Right. And that's when I was, I'll have a look and see what this person. <laughs> and it didn't really bring me back in again because I was just waiting for the story to pick up again and it to move on because it felt like there was a period where nothing much was happening with anyone and what, they what, could have lost the 20 minutes of when I got bored and made it a little bit tighter. What Was that before or after the scenes where they're going through the the photographs, Terence, Terence and Viola and then uh, Hugh Jackman? That's before. Yeah. It's before that. Yeah. This that was, is before, I think it's, it's pretty much before he's arrest that they arrest that guy anyway. Yeah. And it's before he goes to Jake Gyllenhaal goes to the house. I think it's before then. So there's just a bit where, okay, he's beaten him up for a bit, <laughs> but they haven't moved any further with the investigation. And it's just a bit like, well, you need to make the move to make the yeah. story. It's, it's funny because I, I quite, like, I didn't really feel that that much because to me it was like Jake Gyllenhaal was getting so close to finding Paul Dano, like locked mm. up in this mm. bathroom. And, you know, as it went on, I was just sort of like willing that to happen more and more because, I, you know, you feel so awful for mm. what's happening to this guy and you just hope that, that you know, there's that scene where, where he does walk around the house and he skips the bathroom because somebody calls him. Yeah. And yeah. you just think, oh, you, you were so close. <laughs> what was your score for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I said it, but that, that translates as a four, mm -hmm. doesn't it? I think. Um, I'm going to go for a five. Um, when you're in it, you're in it. And it was engaging. It was ter not terrifying. Uh, odd. And because I wasn't a trainer, I did have to stop, transfer to the bus. But then I always <laughs> put it straight back on the bus to get back to, to my parents' house. Um, and I'm not sure there's, there isn't a mystery to solve. And I don't think it is, is as, when you talked about True Detective, that for me was like, I could have started that at nine o'clock in the morning and watched it all the way through if mm. I had, didn't have to work after the first day <laughs> I watched it. Um, but I still think there's something about this. And I wasn't so disengaged as yourself. I did like, I really loved the, oh, he finds a house somehow and Hugh Jackman's there. And if, you know, Hugh Jackman starts mm. then pretending he's sleeping rough and drinking yeah. trying to distract him from it I thought that kind of duality between those two was quite good mm. um, and I really love that scene where he said it was after they found the sock and said you made this happen yeah and Jake Gyllenhaal was like yeah. properly you could see he was gutted yeah he, he thought himself he'd let himself he'd let himself and the whole team down so I thought there was kind of the interplay between those guys and and them separately but then also the kind of the gru more gruesome stuff mm. and you weren't sure what was going to happen from scene to scene where, where it was going to kind of play out um, so that really did keep me in uh, but still I'm not going to see again that soon <laughs> um, and that gives us an overall score of 3.93750 um, we, we did have some interaction uh, on Twitter um, listen out guys we, well follow us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and we always put a tweet out before recording um, well ahead of the actual release of the episode and we said in this case we're reviewing Prisoners with at Steph Watson as CSA Quinlan ah I didn't tag ah, you yes. unfortunately uh, a tag didn't work there yeah no. sorry that's uh, alright <laughs> from at Bechdel Test Fest have you seen it gives you thoughts or, thoughts for an on-air shout out on FlixWatcher and um, we had one response from uh, a core well, a, a firm retweetee of ours um, top film tip uh, Steph, do you want to say this one? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, they say Machiavellian father and dogged detective, search for missing girls in gripping, unflinching, and morally grey metaphor prisoners, <laughs> bleakly compelling exploration of desperation, unconscious bias, and retribution. Five hot, hot showers out of five. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you told me it's five cold showers out of five hot showers. Ooh. Oh, God. That was a horrible scene, wasn't it? Yeah. I, yeah. Even when I went in the shower this morning and it was too hot. <laughs> when he first started, it's like, shit, let's put Paul Denner through that. Not to pick holes in certain of these things, but... You think the shower's quite big, he could have hid in the corner. No, no, I'm just thinking <laughs> that, how many days was he there? I think he should have been days. dead, like, yeah. surely. Like five he was... or six days. Starvation yeah. happens... Starvation's like after three weeks. Lack of water yeah. would get would have, straight yeah, drinking away. Up. I was thinking, I'd be drinking, I'd be catching up water and like picking yeah. up the bowl. God. And how does he go to the toilet? Well, I think that's, wow. you just that's have to deal with it. The, yeah. <laughs> if, if you're in a shower and you're being rinsed down, then a lot of it will wash away. She's getting yeah. sadder. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there's yeah, but the practicalities of it. And also, there's no way that he... Sorry, I'm just thinking this, that Hugh Jackman <laughs> would have been able to, like, get all of the blood off before going home from, like, his hands because there was no running water in that house. So where did he go? Well, there was running water because there was a shower. Yeah. But not in the taps because the sink was all broke. And he wouldn't be able to like have but, a little wash in the shower. Yeah, but we didn't see the full layout. If he, oh, you if think he, there was another bathroom? <laughs> yeah, maybe. If he managed, to, another pl bathroom if in he this... managed to plumb up a shower, there was definitely okay. running water somewhere else. There was but... a nice ensuite that he was yeah. dousing himself down. <laughs> Just uh, picking some more holes in it. Sorry, prisoners. <laughs> cool. Uh, Caitlin and Stephanie, tell us uh, where we can find you online and then sign off to the listeners, please. Yeah, so um, on Twitter, I am at CSA Quinlan, and that's mostly where I share articles and anything I'm doing. So that's probably the best place to find me for all film-related stuff. Uh, and you can find me at underscore Steph Watts on Twitter as well, which I'm mostly on there. So, yeah. And also at Bechdel Test Fest, of course. Yes, yes. at Bechdel Test How can Fest. people find out about the shows that you're putting on? We need some so, websites. Send yes, the website Twitter, Twitter um, at Bechdel Test Fest and Instagram's the same handle. Yeah. The website is Um Most of our uh, comms go out across those platforms. We also have a newsletter you can mm -hmm. sign up to. Um, you can sign up to that on our website and on our Facebook page. Um, generally, it's, yeah, Bechdel Test Fest across the board. So, yeah, come and find us. Fantastic. Thank Great. you very much. Thanks for yeah. coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flix Watcher sent you. You just heard a stripped media production.